Today's episode of the Sidious Mag Podcast on the Sidious Mag Podcast Network is presented by Saucony and the limited edition Endorphin Pro Plus. Saucony made waves when they launched the carbon-plated Endorphin Pro racing shoe last summer, and one of the secrets to their success was how closely they worked with their pro athletes to design and develop it. 209 marathoner Jared Ward was deeply involved in the early product trials and testing, and everyone from Jared to Parker Stinson and Laura Thweet set personal best wearing the final product. But the thing about pro athletes is that they're never really satisfied. You can give them the latest and greatest gear, but they're always dreaming about what's next. They're looking for whatever can get them a little faster a little bit more efficient on race day. So when their athletes started testing the Endorphin Pro 2, they told Saucony that they loved it, but they wanted an even lighter version. Something with the same incredible pop and propulsion, but with an ultralight upper. A shoe purely meant for going all out on race day. So the Saucony team went to work, stripping away anything that wasn't essential and swapping out materials for lighter, smoother, and more breathable ones. They obsessed over every swatch and stitch, cutting weight as they went. The result is the Endorphin Pro Plus, a shoe that's tailored for speed. With Saucony's super responsive Power Run PB foam and their signature S-curve carbon fiber plate, it's no wonder that this shoe has been making waves all over the Sneaker Watch Instagram accounts. So mark your calendars for September 28th when you can snag a pair of the limited edition Endorphin Pro Plus on Saucony.com. It is super limited. And until then, check out Saucony's current lineup, including the Endorphin Pro 2 and the Endorphin Speed 2 another plate fan favorite for speed and tempo runs thanks to the support on patreon and a special thanks to arthur miranda for joining the supporters club on there your dollars help us pay our new podcast producer mike who has done a great job in his first month in helping out with the show the funds also go towards planning for major events coming up like our fall marathon coverage i'll be in chicago and the new york city marathon and then obviously the big year is going to be 2022 with usa's and then the world championships in eugene oregon so if you enjoy what we're doing, support us over at patreon.com slash Mag. You can also make a one-time donation by sending any dollar amount to at Mag on Venmo. Shout out to Kelly Hoffman, Ivan Torres, and Andrea Melnikas for throwing us a couple dollars on there. I believe it was Kelly who said it was for running companionship, so I'm here for that. Another way you can also show your love is by picking up a t-shirt or sweater or a crew neck. It's going to be fall. You might need that over at SidiousMag.com and hitting the merch tab. Keep the five-star reviewings coming on Apple Podcasts. This helps us populate onto people's feeds as a recommended show on Apple Podcasts and allows for new sponsors to see what listeners think of the show. That takes less than a minute to do, so leave a review and rating, and I'd be greatly appreciative if you do so. My guests for today's episode are Aaron and Joshua Potts. You may know of them as the Two Black Runners since they have their own podcast by that name. You may have watched some of their videos on YouTube or Instagram. They're creating all types of running content by and for the culture, as they say. I had the chance to meet them in person for the first time when we broadcast the Trials of Miles qualifier meet in Kansas City, and they served as the play-by-play and color commentary guys during the day and then took over the sideline duties while me and Kyle Merber were in the booth. The reaction on social media and the reception to the energy that they brought to the show was fantastic. They were also two of the 16 members of the inaugural Magic Boost class. That's a program that I helped lead that looks to empower, amplify, and mentor the next generation of track and field content creators. So if you looked on their pages, some of the videos that Joshua and Aaron were able to put together from their time in Eugene for the pre-classic were part of that program, and they're absolutely hilarious. So I'll be sure to link to some of those in the show notes for you guys to check out. So get to know Joshua and Aaron a little bit better, hear their story, support their work. 
Without further ado, here are the two black runners. All right, we are live at Hayward Field. Chris Chavez here with the Potts Brothers. Yes. What's yes. up? What's Just up? a couple hours away before we get underway with the Prefontaine Classic. You've been out here, what, 24 hours, 48 hours now? Yeah. 48, I think. Something something around there. First time in Eugene. It's, it's How I, you liking it? It's a straight college town. I thought it was going to be a little bit busier, but, like, our brother went to Flagstaff. He, well, he, he went to school at NAU, so he went to Flagstaff, like, a lot. Aaron was, lived in slow, like, a lot, so it has, like, those same vibes of a college town, which is pretty awesome. Like, it's not, it's not well, just seeing Freeze Rock and stuff, that's the starstruck part. I feel like I'm in without limits right now every single time I visit something in Pre. Yeah, I feel like my life is coming full circle growing <laughs> up, such a, a track nerd, and then going in Hayward Hall and just seeing all, all of that history here. So every time I see the track, I feel like I'm at an amusement park. Joshua, you still have some eligibility. Why don't you just walk a transfer and walk on here? Bro, Robert Robert Johnson. Well, Coach Johnson. Coach Johnson. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's Coach Johnson. What's up? What's up? I'm, I'm gonna enter my name in the transfer portal. We can make this happen. We yeah. can make this happen. I can <laughs> I can be in I can be in uh Lori's class, their track class. Come on. I'll be I'll be great. That'll be great. I would love that. So wait, for the listeners who don't know you guys as well, some of them do know of you because you guys were part of the trials and miles broadcast Mm -hmm. out in kansas city which you guys rocked uh but what is what's the age difference between the two of you um so i'm i'm 26 and joshua is 21 21 21 about five years about to be 27 in september so a a big gap there but i feel like me and joshua have always been close as brothers yeah it's not just you two too right you got two other siblings as well yeah so there's one uh right above me my brother david David, how old is David? 23? Is he 23 or 24? Nah, 23. David's 23, and then our oldest brother, Caleb, just turned 29. Yes. So, yeah, all four boys. Our mom is the queen, and she has to deal with all of us, and then our dad. <laughs> That's where well. does uh, the athletic, where do the athletic genes come from? I would say they come from our dad. Our dad was a, um, a professional boxer for a little bit. Um, so, if you look at his old pictures, like, he, he was very, like, um, I think he fought at like 120 or something. So yeah. skinny, super cut. He said he ran like track his freshman year and, and broke two. I think he was capping though. I hey. think he was capping. <laughs> Honestly, I really do. Like he was like, I could beat you when you're a freshman. Like, bro, chill out, chill out. You don't know about that. But he was a pro. He was a pro though. Yeah, he, he was, was a pro. He, he was different. He, he, he won Golden Gloves twice. Yeah, he's still, he's still a little crazy. He, he, coached, he coached all of us too. How'd you guys get into track though? It was through him. It was through him. It, it started off with just like our older brother, because uh, yeah, like my like I said, our dad ran his freshman year. His older brother ran as well, had a lot of talent. But during boxing, you gotta run all the time. So he knew that was like a good avenue for us to get a scholarship and go to school. And yeah, eventually our club coach had to move away, and he was he was he was our coach throughout it all. And 800 meter specialist was our brother, so we kind of all followed in that footstep. Yeah, most definitely. And I would say you're also not giving credit to our uncles, too, because on our mom's side, our uncles did run track. One of our uncles ran D1 track. He was like at the four by one 
at the university he went to at uh, Cal State University Northridge had the record there and so like they're now starting to get more into track that were more into track back into track I guess since we've been doing two black runners and running report they're starting to like have more information on the sport so it's, it's cool to see like we have a direct connect of like the audience that we like kind of want to bring back into the sport because they they love the NFL the NBA but now they're seeing like us do it the track and stuff and like they're like oh this is this is cool like, I, I can see this broadcasted on a mainstream level so where does that begin for you guys in terms of just like before there was even the running report and the two black runners podcast was it you joshua with the youtube channel from your high school yeah i had a youtube channel called rosie project back shout in out. the day yeah, shout out shout out to my i started with my uh my five other my five other senior teammates senior teammates at the time those are like some of my those are like some of my best friends and we really just started because we were really good that year we came in like number five in the nation and like the plan was to go to nxn and we kept on saying start a youtube channel start a youtube channel and we never did but then right before like league finals i tore my meniscus Ooh. so i wasn't gonna be able to compete for the rest of the year now i'm all like since i'm just chilling i might as well start the youtube channel and that really just brought us to like a cult following sort of in southern california where like soon enough people would come up to me in races and like like during like a cross country race like two miles in hey joshua Potts from rosie project and like i'm like bro like we're running right now but like they they still did it so it was it became big like we had a video that blew up and got like uh almost 500,000 on youtube wow. with the elimination mile so like it was yeah it was like really crazy so i really just like uh started to get engulfed in like uh the entertainment side of things i always wanted to be like a physical therapist i still think that would be cool but like the more that i started doing rosie project and then started doing running report i was like man i really like this entertainment side and i want to like keep on pushing that forward i wanted to be in track and field but whatever it takes me I i'm i'm cool with it at this point yeah what about you aaron i guess like how did you get roped into doing the media side of things yeah i mean because i saw joshua's in entire journey and i grew up like a, a track and field nerd like i was on diastack cal if y'all remember like every day checking every single thing <laughs> i was on i remember flow track in the beginning days when they had like the 15 minute workout wednesdays so i was always kind of obsessed with that and i remember when joshua was starting rosie project he was super super hyped about like saying that they wanted to start vlogging and everything and i on my own with the Aggies that I ran with, the Hoka Aggies, I was trying to do the same thing. But Joshua got ahead got ahead of me and was just, like, destroying it. But <laughs> throughout his journey, I would always just talk to him. I remember we would, I'd be like, bro, like, let's, like, uh, start this form one. Let's run <laughs> about, like, pitting, oh, like, Great was, Oak against uh, Roosevelt, you know? So that was hilarious. I've always just kind of been someone, like, Joshua, we just talk a lot about, like, um, just plans or, like, brainstorming throughout the time. And then eventually like I, I always thought it would be cool if we started a podcast and after Joshua had graduated and all of his friends kind of dispersed he he had started doing like running report um where he would just like do four laps reporting on on news mm -hmm. and then he wanted that to grow and expand a little bit more and that's where we came up with that podcast two black runners yeah. and then just like, like making that Instagram because I feel like at the time you didn't have an Instagram. You didn't have an Instagram yet, but he was just mainly on YouTube. And I was like, bro, I think if you start a, if you start an Instagram, yeah. mm -hmm. like it could blow up. Cause I was doing social media for the Aggies and I was doing um, the Garden Street Aggies was like a little page we were trying to create there too. But this dude's the man. Joshua, are you, are you just learning kind of on the fly, like teaching yourself 
you know, Garage Band and iMovie and, and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, most for, yeah for the most part, pretty much like everything. Like just kind of just I started when I really just started like the vlog. It was kind of uh, like my first vlog that I did. Like you can look back onto it just on like my iPhone four, I believe. <laughs> but I did that and I was all like, I'm just gonna do it. And I feel like that was the mentality that I kind of had when like we start the Instagram or start the podcast. It's like we just gotta do the first one and then try and do it every single week and build that repetition like going into it like i didn't really know how to make like the graphics that we do on the running report but i'm all like i just want to make graphics like how espn does it because mm -hmm. on bleacher report because no one's really making stuff yeah. like that for uh track and field so i'll literally i would get like the espn graphic yeah. i'm gonna go on keynote i'm like all right let me try and mock up something that looks similar to this and then start expanding off of that and yeah kind of just I, then I, I was able at mount sac i was able to take a class on mm -hmm. adobe audition so that i didn't have to use garage band no more so that really helped out a lot so starting to learn more and more as we go on i remember like our first like really popular post on instagram was like uh the all-time like four by one like pitting up the people yeah. with each other and we took that because we saw like uh the nba like uh, random like all-time starting five yeah, yeah, yeah stuff yeah. like that and i was like joshua bro like you should just just make this but replace it with track yeah. track people and like tyson gay loved it and reposted it and everything and i'm just like oh shoot like yeah why is nobody doing this? Yeah. No, that's kind of like exactly, you, that's how, how you guys popped on my radar a couple of years back, or what is it, like two years back, uh, was because I remember seeing some a clip from the Running Report video, and I'm like, who's doing the graphics for these things? Like, it looks really well done. It does look like a TV show, especially mm -hmm. like the kind that you get first take or something like that it goes on espn during the day the debate type shows and then i find out that it's just the two of you behind this whole entire thing and that josh was doing all the graphic stuff and so uh that's how it got super impressive to me and like you're so right on like that's what sometimes hits on social media especially and you always kind of like with Sidious, we've had Kyle Klosinski, who's like a, he he's been doing a lot of our graphics over uh -huh. the past couple of years, and it's very similar. We see something that, yeah. whether it's like The Ringer or uh, ESPN or Bleacher Report posts, it's like you know these graphics that stir debate, and it's sort of like thinking well, how can we do this with track mm -hmm. and rile up the, the the you know people to to comment and to uh, debate and. It's just sort of like, where where has this been the entire time? Yeah, and I just want to say thank you real quick. That was a really high compliment. Like, I appreciate that because, like, that's, the, that's exactly what I wanted to do. And, like, sometimes I'm thinking, like, man, we should just get this video out. But, like, I really want to make it, like, professional. Mm -hmm. I want to make it feel like you're watching a TV show. I know I need to give back on that, but, like, I need, I need to do – I want to do – I want to do so, so, so much – just like for track and field and i don't understand why people weren't doing that i really i really don't but i feel like since we started doing it it's been happening more and more mm -hmm. and more and that's all i can really ask for because i know once if if we don't make it if we don't make it big which i hope we do make it big <laughs> but like if we don't make it big i know that i just hope that our impact over these next years is able to push this sport forward because I know track and field. Like everybody should know who Shakari is. Everyone should know who Michael Norman is. Everyone will know who. Everybody should know that Safana Son has the biggest track bag. Like she has the most bag of tricks. Everyone <laughs> yeah. should know that. You know, it's. I I want to touch on the fact it's like because these videos are so labor intensive sometimes like the the running report videos are sometimes thirty minutes long. That's a full on TV show that you practically <laughs> produce, and then it goes up on YouTube and it only ends up with like 
a couple hundred views and part of it is just like damn i wish more people saw it and that's my feeling it's like because it's so good and it's just it really comes down to being like a labor of love because you're still going to do it no matter what so it's not the views for you what keeps you kind of motivated to continue producing content even if it's not blowing up and getting the metrics that that you in some day want to achieve i think we've said this before is that uh like oh man i just forgot saying oh he said he said this before like the, the pudding the pudding tastes good you just gotta taste it yeah like the, the pudding tastes good you just gotta <laughs> taste it and like we have good pudding and i know that once people are able to experience it and the more that we do it and the more that we do it people are eventually going to get caught on but yeah sometimes it does kind of hurt yeah. and like the only reason why like the past couple months is because my appendix burst so like it was kind of hard to get back onto the scene and then the olympic trials happened a lot of stuff and then the olympics so like my appendix bursting definitely did hold a lot of things <laughs> why it wasn't every single month but no definitely gonna get back onto that grind even more because yeah i do love just producing track and field content i really do feel like it's it's calling the both of us in whatever field we end up being if it's not running report wherever it is and like joshua and like we always say we're uh running media outlet produced for and by the culture so like like joshua was saying it's about impact and we've already been able to see like how much impact it has had on the track and field world like um uh laurie just told us that she used one of our podcasts oh, for her that's, class that's yeah how does that feel that like a <laughs> podcast conversation you guys had is on a college syllabus <laughs> yeah and, and it was the save clemson episode and clemson and clemson got saved yeah so like that's important that it's important and the Co- fact that we're making an impact is what really you know keeps on driving us and we all, at the same time too like this is an ex- this is an experience and Whatever we get out of this, where whether it is this blows up and becomes a big, uh, a big brand, or it's something that's a vehicle to whatever our purpose is, at the end, um, it's all gonna work out. So at the end of the day, I feel like that was what really keeps us going. Really, it's been the last year or so that because people were just were we were all inside, uh, we we're all grasping for like give us something new, give us something sort of fresh you guys popped onto the scene with your podcast in particular and the access has been really good you guys have gotten some great guests and that kind of stuff (laughs) peel back the curtain i guess on your how does your process go about um you know what is the outreach to some of these people and because there is that obstacle sometimes when you're brand new and fresh to the scene that they're like who are these guys i don't know who they are but when they do end up getting to know you then all of a sudden they're fans like you guys posted the video of you guys doing the rick and morty dance throughout the stadium and i commented on it but the comment before me was molly huddle Holy. who yeah it's just like she's a big fan of your guys's work and i think part of that was that entry it's like sort of like they hear about you maybe whether it's like through a dm or having another person a friend of theirs on the podcast and it's just so how has that last year been when when now you guys are starting to get recognized by other pros and, and people that you have been following for years bro the biggest compliment we ever had was when we got we got delilah muhammad on the podcast and she was like yeah like you know you guys are already like you guys made me proud you guys are inspirational you guys are heroes like people know about you and i'm like this is this is the <laughs> goat speaking to me right now <laughs> saying, these, saying these things but Bro, when this man approached me, when we when we said that set out to go to do 52 straight, I was like, bro, you're crazy. But basically how we get people is like, 
there's shout out peak to the pod podcast y'all guys look them up they put us on but i they, I, they were the first podcast i seen that craig ingles all these big people but not that many followers and i straight up just hit them up i was like how do y'all be getting people and they're like bro just dm just ask so i just like started crafting like these dms where i'd be like they would be personal because they'd be like hey like you know i'm a big fan congratulations on all these things me and my brother started this podcast where we want to just tell people stories and we're just really authentic in our message and you know usually when they see it they would just say yeah and come on come on to the show yeah which was crazy yeah and most of that's really errant like honestly i'll be we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it just see all like who do we want to get like we'll see if somebody makes a cool post on instagram or somebody's really running really well or if somebody like yeah if somebody's really running well but not even like just like a super fast time or a world record like if we see someone that's just doing like moving up in the ranks at the time or like somebody that we know from our city like rachel mccoy who's a high jumper that just made it she's from like she's from fontana which is like in the inland empire where we're from in southern california and we're all like we gotta get her on the podcast for we can talk about the empire and her going yeah. and her coming here and like now she's at the free classic here too as well so it's really crazy but it's really aaron shooting most of those shots He's almost like Steph Curry. Hey. Like, of course, sometimes it seems like he's Steph. Like when we got it's Michael Johnson, sometimes. when we got Michael Johnson, I was like, dang, this man Steph Curry with the shot. Okay. <laughs> but I think it's too, it's just like, I think people see what we're trying to do. Like we, I, I try to find people that align with us and align, align, with, align with our brand. Um, yeah. And every time, everyone who comes on, we tell them like, yo, we just here to gas you up. You know, like we really <laughs> just definitely. trying to really put you on. And I think word of, of mouth just spreads. But like, I think people can sense that you know, we're really not like trying to do this. I mean, I want to turn to something, but it's not like all mm -hmm. about like the views or the or the money like that. It's just like, yo, we really like doing this. And when you set out to do 52 straight and they're like, I'm like, yo, yeah, we've had Dalia Muhammad and uh, Michael Johnson and Otto Bolden. Like, I'm like, dang, eventually you just build up a rep because you're yeah. getting all these people. And I would just try to align like. If I get Molly Huddle, I try to get distance runners that she knows. And I tell her, hey, we've had these people, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't know how it worked, how it worked every time. Who's on the uh, guest list, like dream guest list for each one of you? Each one of you gets one name to drop. Who would be the, you know, the, your wish list, top of the wish list? Can I, can, I say can I say two? Sure. Can I say two? Or can I say three? But I've got these two. Oh, wait, okay. Yeah, let me say three. All right, all right. I'm going to say Allison Felix okay. and Usain Bolt. Allison Ooh, Felix, like, I remember big, big. we got Allison Felix. Uh, me and my brother, David, we got Allison Fe Felix's signature at Arcadia probably back, like, in 2009. And it's on a baton, and it's in our China cabinet right <laughs> now. So having Allison Felix would be crazy on the pod. Usain Bolt, all for obvious reasons. But also just getting someone, like... I, I can't think of the exact person right now, but getting like Will Smith. Yeah, like, <laughs> that'd be great. Getting Will Smith would be would be like Magic Johnson. Yeah, like Magic <laughs> Johnson. About the I would love to get somebody. I would love like two black runners because it's two black runners, but that's essentially just, just me and Aaron. Runners. It's just me and Aaron and just talking about whatever. So I think we can branch out and do that. Like we did, we did. Uh, we emailed Emmanuel Acho. He said he couldn't make it. His team said he couldn't make it. But like that was the email back. That's a step. <laughs> I'm cool with that. He didn't just ghost us. So I'm like, and then he did all the smoke. So I'm. I'm like, I listened to the pod. I was like, yeah, you probably should have went on all the smoke. But like, <laughs> he wasn't ready for the track knowledge we were going to drop. <laughs> he didn't want the smoke. He no. didn't want the smoke. We would have went, we would have without him. We would have without him. But uh, yeah, like, I want, I would love to get somebody outside of the space and 
and bring them in and really mm-hmm. talk about how they love track and field as well. I would say for an athlete that I would love to give Bernard Lagat, that was my hero growing up, mm-hmm. you know, so. He can give me on Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we can actually get, get him. Bernard, I hope you're listening to this, bro. <laughs> Answer my DM. But Bernard Lagat <laughs> would be huge if we could get him. I think another really interesting person would be uh, uh, Chad Johnson. Yeah. Because his daughter. Yeah. And he's got, what, 2 million followers as well? You get a little bit of that, you know, trickle down of his followers to listen to the pod. And I just think bringing in that that audience where it's like, yeah, you're a football player. Maybe you ran track in high school, but you're not really like, you don't mm-hmm. really follow it like that. I think that could uh, be really, really impactful. So those are the two I'm going to say off the top. I mean, there's thir- there's a million of people that I would love. Shakari Richardson, I, I, got, yeah. I, can't, I cannot I cannot say that. I would love to have Shakari on, too. About, about, Cole, about Cole Hawker. Oh, Cole Hawker. Hey, I need to just talk to Matt, though. We're going to make that happen. Yeah, we can probably get Cole. Uh, the dynamic that you guys have is just so different than, you know, any other podcast duo out there. And I think so much of it is because you, the two of you are brothers. Uh, you know, whether it's some days you guys might fight and argue and then other days like you guys are having the time of your lives like what how how do you guys describe that dynamic and why it works so well i think back to like when we were young like joshua's our youngest brother and like i feel like when joshua was young i used to always play with him with the toys bro that's exactly what i was going to talk about yeah (laughs) he used to have toys because i used to love toys i used and i love he loves wrestling now but i grew up a super big wrestling fan and i loved i loved toys but when Joshua was, was younger, like I used to like play like toys with him. And I think like something there like is what made our chemistry is makes our chemistry so well. And I don't think we ever really like, yeah, we roast each other, but like I don't think we really like bicker any over anything that has to do with the running report or two back runners. I feel like we just we kind of just work together pretty well. Yeah, we kind of just go through it. But also, he brought up, like, wrestling. And I had a lot of wrestling toys. I had a lot of wrestling toys, and that's what I would play. That brings up another dream guest. This is actually Scratch Will Smith. Let's say <laughs> Bianca Belair. She's the SmackDown Women's Champion right now. But she ran ten- she ran at Tennessee and for the, 110s, for the 100 hurdles and was an All-American. I would love to have her on the podcast as well. But also, too, just, like, Aaron, uh, being with Aaron, like, I remember he's the one that really – like brought me into running as well but like, i had all my brothers but i remember him he was showing me the videos of like chris Olinsky beast mode on flow track and like the Great high video. socks and, <laughs> stuff, and stuff like that so i think it's always just i don't i don't know why the chemistry is is good like you saw earlier i was gonna say the same thing about the toys <laughs> what is the biggest thing that the two of you disagree about in track like is there is there one thing that the two of you will just never agree upon hmm. whose time is it or you are no, you sur- I, I, I surrendered that one like I think I you're right on that it's both of their errors with the Leah Muhammad and Sydney we used to argue about that what else do we what are we arguing about right now oh well you think Shakari's gonna win today <laughs> I mean <laughs> win tomorrow we'll, I mean we'll, we'll see we'll see though people will know by then but when this comes out but what else I can't think of something else the, the biggest one though was Shik- uh, whose time is it right now between uh Sydney McLaughlin and Delilah Muhammad, and he was saying it was Delilah Muhammad's time. I was saying that it's, it could be Sydney's time. We're having this discussion in 2019 <laughs> and 2020, but I was saying they're more like Magic Bird. That's that's what I, that's I what like I that. But I low key, it may be uh, like for me, Bo, I think it may come in here and just make it a, like a, yeah, yeah. a triplet. Or I'm trying <laughs> to think who, who's a three. It's I good. mean, I, I, I think it's both of their times, and I think that's how they won it. But I was just saying, if Delilah, Delilah would have won. 
you know, yeah, this we year, could, I, I would have been like, Brad, no, it, it, it's her time. I but I don't, I don't know. I feel like I, I like, I, I, people think I have, I have these hot takes, but I also like, I also am like going with my heart, you know, like <laughs> I am a fan. Like I still am a fan. Like I'm a Shakari Richardson fan. I'm a Cole Hawker fan. So like I, I root for my people and I have good reasons behind it. You know, it's not just random. True, true. <laughs> I feel true. like for a track fan, you two would be the the best duo to be stuck in like a sixteen hour road trip together. <laughs> Is this like what you guys would talk about in a whole ride like that? Bro, you gotta meet our dad, bro. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, you yeah. gotta meet our dad because we, yeah, we could talk track whatever, but he don't turn it off ever. So our dad is the biggest track head out of every. Really? Yeah, yeah, most, yeah, yeah, most definitely. He was talking. We're coaching at this high school. Well, really, this we're coaching at a high school now. Me and my dad for. Well, I'm coaching him for a cross country, but he's coaching there the first time this year. And he was just talking to me last night about the kids, about the kids, what they did at their time trial. And like low key, I wasn't really trying to hear all of that, but he was low key just talking my ear off and like it's like okay you told me their times and that's cool and everything like, i'm trying to be here at hayward magic you know but like yeah he can really like talk you like you can re- if he was here right now he would be like crazy this man is if, if he was, was at the press conference chris i don't know what <laughs> if you thought i was welding when i got here running the lap on the track <laughs> that's nothing bro <laughs> that's nothing <laughs> quick break now to tell you a little bit about a new sponsor behind the podcast it's hustle clean you might remember them from when they helped sponsor some of the races and even the drone during the trials of miles qualifier series hustle clean is a mission-driven self-care brand for the active lifestyle it was created by athletes for high performers that want to do more and be more without compromise the hustle clean body wipe is an extra large durable full body wipe designed to remove sweat dirt and body odor in moments when a shower is optimal but not possible Their products are safe on sensitive skin, hypoallergenic, paraben-free, and infused with aloe vera, vitamin E, and witch hazel. Personally, I've loved using their lavender-scented one. I carry them in my bag for after my runs because we've all been in these situations. You finish a long run or a workout in the summer and the fall, and you want to meet your friends for brunch or dinner afterward, and you just don't have the time for a shower, you don't have the ability to get to one, the Hustle Clean Body Wipe holds you over. Get rid of that sweat, get yourself smelling good, toss on a t-shirt, and you're good to go. Hustle Clean is sold nationwide in Walmart, Target, and Amazon. Sidious Mag Podcast listeners, listen up. Get a deal and save 10% off all of their products when you visit hustleclean.com and use code Sidious at checkout. That's C-I-T-I-U-S when you visit hustleclean.com. So we've been here the past two days with the Magic Boost. So it's the program that I helped start uh, a couple months back because for me, a couple years ago when I was in college, I did this program called the Sports Journalism Institute where they take, you know, a dozen sports journalists in college and, you know, give them, put them through a boot camp for a week and then they get seated off to uh, internships across the country. And the goal of it is to increase the number of minority and women journalists Mm -hmm. in newsrooms throughout the country. And so my thinking, again, is sort of taking these big picture things and things that work and applying it to track and field. And I was like, kind of want to do that for track. Mm -hmm. And so that's how this all came together. And so now we have our inaugural class of uh, the Magic Boost, which the two of you guys are part of. And for me, because I've been in these mix zones the past nine years i look around and i don't see too many people who look like me it's a lot of old white guys you guys were at the press conference today and you see that it's a lot of old white guys and 
I mean, not not nothing against them. Like they all do pretty great work, but at the same time, the times are changing, and it's like, let's get some more women in here. Let's get some more people of color in here. And so I'm curious because that was part of the goal of starting this program. Today's experience at the press conference, the Magic Boost Squad asked a bunch of questions <laughs> and kind of made it very lighthearted. The questions everyone asked were very interesting and got some cool responses. So when you look around at a room like that and notice just kind of like the different faces that we've added to that room, I mean, what does that kind of do for you? Is it something that you guys have also sort of noticed? Definitely, man. Like growing up as a as a black distance runner, like you're considered like, bro, why are you running with them white boys? You know what I'm saying? You're considered like whitewash and like different. Like Joshua was saying earlier, like distance running has been coded white, but we just grew up running, we grew up running club track, which was very, which was very black. There were mm-hmm. so many, so many black people there. But then when we get to high school and then, bro, and when I was in college, you know, like you're the token, you're the token black guy everywhere, everywhere you go. Um, and then a lot of the times too, like when you're in high school, like sprinters weren't on flow track like I was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it is very, it's very different, but definitely to like be in that, be in that mix zone with such a diverse group. I really feel like this is a big day for the future of like track and field media. I think it shows like the impact we're making and like that we can actually create stories around these athletes and perspective is so key, I feel like. Yeah, and it's also just really happy to see. It's really happy for us to see because, like, this is the one thing that we really wanted once we started Two Black Runners and the Running Report. The main reason we started is just because we didn't see that many people that look like us reporting on track and field and but like in the other sports in in basketball and in the nfl and everything else like you see people of color and people a lot of diversity and all of these on all of the reporting when you come to track it's not really like that and so i really love track and field i love free, i love all the events and so when i go to like these other sites and mainly like distance is getting covered and i'm i'm thinking most of this is the reason why is because it's not a diverse group of people and Whenever you put culture into something and like diversity into something, it gets better. And I think that was the prime example of what we've seen today in the press conference. Because honestly, a lot of questions weren't being asked, but like having the inclusion of like these people, a lot of more people of color in the room, and just even people of younger age of diversity in the room, I feel like lightened the mood like a lot. And there was there was a lot of laughs that didn't just come from like the dude shouting in the back. It came from <laughs> it came from like 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 smart like questions you know so I think it was I, I, no shots to that dude though no shots <laughs> to, I didn't mean to shoot on that dude at all but like it is no it's, it's really it's really cool to see and I think I, I love to be I would I love to be a part of this and like I hope one day like like five years from now like we're off doing like some bigger better things and like but I can be like a camp counselor for this bro I yeah be all like, hey, that'd be dope hey like listen what do we did when we were here now you can, <laughs> now you can do it too was that was this your first like professional track press conference like of this size oh yeah yeah we did uh sound running virtual like a virtual press conference what like last summer yeah that last was summer but like it was just like three people in there but no but this was all like yeah so to take me through you raise your hand they call on you the mic is handed any nerves nothing it just felt like it felt like I was talking to why well, did I, well, I did talk to thing mo it felt like I was talking to a thing mo in, in the running report on zoom 
Like, that's what the look he kind of felt like. Definitely wants the. It was kind of nerve wracking, like putting my hand up. I'm trying to see, like, there's going to be a lot of people raising their hands, but there weren't that many. And so once the hand kind of, the mic kind of just got into me real fast. And I was like, oh, dang, it's really time. And then once I started talking, like, I don't know, I feel like. I feel like us two, like me being like a younger black kid with braids and then I start talking and it's all like, I feel like it's not really intimidating and you become like a little bit more comfortable like cause like, I don't know, you're just, I feel like you're kind of just interested. What is this kid gonna talk to me about? Like he has some cornrows right now. What does he know about <laughs> distance running? But like, I feel like that brings the character and what people really want to hear from us. Like, I don't, I feel like we stand out in a way. <laughs> yeah. Stand out in a great way. Yeah, yeah, in a great way. And I think back too, to like our first, the first time we ever did Baton Talk, we went to Foot Locker mm -hmm. and um, we got there and like Runner Space was there and like everyone interviewing was like, you know 40 plus kind of overweight no 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 shade there <laughs> but like i don't know but like we got there and i remember joshua was like oh, i don't know this is weird that we're just gonna go talk to these people and i'm like bro i feel like these athletes can relate to us sometimes more mm -hmm. than those people in the room so it's like no like we're just gonna go out there and we're gonna be ourselves because sometimes to the athletes it might even make them feel more comfortable yeah to see all these different all these different faces but i would say for me like i definitely like I see, I don't know, I approach everything. I just know track and field is all I know. So I approach everything like a race. So, like, <laughs> when I get in there, like, I'm competitive, man. Like, I get nervous, but I'm like, I'm going to kill this. Like, <laughs> let's go. Like, I'm raising my hand. I need to get this. Like, I'm just very, like, competitive mindset. But I definitely get nervous, but I just try to use that to, like, bring the best out of me. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you end up doing once this meet starts and you're just running around in like five different directions, getting literally everyone passing around. It's it's exciting for me to, to just take a step back and watch. It's going to be fun. It's about to be intense. It's going to be intense. Uh, I guess like that's another co cool part, I guess, to what you guys do. And it's, it's just sort of like when someone sits down for an interview with you guys, it's just laid back, casual chill you're gonna have some laughs and there's never like that once it starts that gotcha moment like you guys aren't looking out there to get anyone in trouble with any sort of questions or anything yeah. like that and that's what makes you you guys work so well yeah yeah and i, I think people really do appreciate that and, and i think that's the word that's being spread it's like hey bro we just want people to recognize like what you're doing mm -hmm. and we want to just really highlight your accomplishments there's no reason to try and bring anyone anyone down yeah, and I think the essence, that was always the essence of, like, the podcast, too, when starring it. Like like Aaron said, the gas up, the first person we had was Abdi Hamid Nur, and, like, we literally told and Katie Izzo, like, bro, we want to, like, Katie Izzo is Aaron's friend, so, like, and Abdi Hamid, like, he was, our brother went to NAU, and he was the only black, he was the only black dude on the team scoring. Like, we want to gas him up, let everybody know who these people are, so, like, and Edwin Kirk, we had him on, too, and he wasn't had that many coverage, so we wanted to, like, let people know who they are and really gas them up, and I feel like it's also like, I feel like some people may think that if people don't think that we're like that, maybe just because like sometimes this conversations can be, get serious in some way if we talk to like Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter or like when we like called out Nick Simmons on like what he was saying, but like in, and all of that essence was never to like bring anyone down at all. It was to have a conversation and mm -hmm. have a conversation that's needed to be, that needed to happen, that needed to be said. And like I really, and to have those conversations, I don't feel like it's even a negative thing to us at least. Because every single, if you came to our family dinners, because our family, 
we have a family dinner like every single month with our like our uncles and our aunts on our mom's side that's literally at, at one point we're gonna be sitting at the dinner table talking about race relations mm-hmm. like i don't know how it gets there but like it gets to that point and that's just a normal conversation for like a black family so being two black runners like it's not like we're trying to be black it's all like we are black we're and like, black runners. <laughs> like, very simple. i can't really take that away from me so yeah. like we might as well just put it in the title let you know let you know straight off the bat yeah uh what is what's sort of like the next step i know joshua you still have got some some school and then aaron you've got like a full-time job i'm doing sidious mag while also working a full-time job i don't know uh, how to do that. and <laughs> it's what i guess like sponsors that's always that always helps financial backing and that kind of stuff what do you guys think are some of the next steps you want to take to gradually progress as a known media entity within like the track and field media space because you guys are already making waves yeah it's it's awesome that we're already well known but i feel like the first the first couple of years or these first years was like i really just wanted people to you know recognize us when you see that our our when you see the running report like you know we're the running report like mm-hmm. we're for and by the culture and like that gives you that's some sense of emotion and you get it. it's like oh these guys are just trying to improve the sport they're trying to make it more inclusive and they're trying to give athletes a voice like i really want people to like have an image of their head when they see that rr they just really know what it's about but from there i think there's just so much we can do i think that you know we can you know cover some meets i think we can do some do some pop-up shops like i want to be i want us to be a running brand mm-hmm. you know selling shirts like doing it all like something that people really haven't seen uh completely before but i think we're bigger than just a a media platform i want to be a whole entire brand yeah we definitely been talking about that a lot and i think we're going to see more of that coming this fall hopefully and just want to do more stuff definitely but i think it's definitely always going to start like back in our community back in the Inland empire and then really just like build out from there and then hopefully take it like national and do stuff like that but i think in the immediate f- f- future as well like i want to start doing like in some ways like expansion but really just expanding like the shows and the variety of things that we have like on youtube and like podcast as well because i think what we're doing with two black runners is great and how we do running report is great as well but i still think there hasn't been that one thing that's really like hit yet that's consistent like like I know that it can hit. So I think being more consistent and just like finding that those variety of things and keeping on doing them until that one thing's like, oh, that's that's the thing. And that just keeps on building it up, building it up. I think that's how we're going to get there. And we definitely have the talks of like more. I, I'm, def, I'm, I'm really like I need to start doing more and more and more to really just like start start grinding like Kyle Merber was telling us like he was saying I got there's one thing about Chris that man grinds he definitely <laughs> he grinds and like you gotta be you, you gotta grind you gotta grind so I, I'm looking forward to grind Joshua's appendix fall. verse I had to make a couple a, a couple of uh, you had graphic. to produce a couple episodes I had to produce, <laughs> produce some graphics bruh and I was like bro I don't have time for all this so I have no idea how I'm like how does this man do it do it all but we definitely are gonna be looking to like you know, find some more people that, you know, align with us because we're going to have to add some people. We're going to have to add some people to the team. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah eventually. We got, we got, we have some people behind the scenes. Start the so. Patreon. Yeah. Start uh, doing all a bunch of other stuff, too. I mean, 
I, I I'm sure if you guys started like the Kickstarter or GoFundMe to be like send the running report to Europe to cover like the track circuit out there, you'd get people behind you. And That's a great idea. Go out to the Diamond Leagues next year, or maybe help fund a trip to Worlds or USA's next year. Dang, we can smeeze, we can do the smeeze all across the world. <laughs> <laughs> we can do the Rick and Morty all across the God, world. Crazy, bro. <laughs> uh, well, so right after you guys did the Kansas City meet, which first off. You guys did the the morning session, and then Kyle and I took over for the the evening session, and it was interesting because you guys had to deal with like the the bee heats of practically every single distance. And I remember I passed off my notes to you guys to give you an idea of like how I prep for some of these meets, where it's like looking up people's PRs, where they went to school, and all that kind of stuff. And when when I tuned in and watched you guys doing that, it's sort of like Josh would took the notes I had sort of and formatted for the early races and you guys were doing the same thing knowing everything about who was in the race where they went to school what their PRs were and that preparedness was incredible and the character and, and flair that you guys brought to that broadcast had so many people telling me and Kyle just stay home for the <laughs> evening session like these guys have it under control uh, and then when you guys did the interviews afterwards it was just sort of like it was it was the best of both worlds kind of colliding there um that i have a bunch of friends of mine who like texted me and said those two guys were awesome like you need to keep bringing them back and so uh yeah from on behalf of my friends who are like big fans uh you guys are doing great work i'm a big fan and i'm really excited to to see what else you guys continue to produce yeah, bro, and I mean, we would love to come on to the Trials of Miles again and, and do some work. <laughs> I think that's a, I think it's a great team. Bring us back. I think yeah. that's a dream team right there. That was a dream team. Yeah, I think we can make that happen for sure. But uh, we're getting closer to this meet, getting started. And so, uh, Joshua, Aaron, thanks so much for doing this. Man, I appreciate it. I really do. This is kind of this kind of surreal doing this in person. <laughs> Full circle. We haven't really done a podcast like in person like no. this. So this is cool. This yeah. is cool. I like this. It's yeah. not not Zoom or nothing. It's yeah. different. Different vibes. More chill. <laughs> For sure. For the culture. For, For the, the culture. culture. <laughs> For the culture. The City of Smack Podcast is a production of the City of Smack Podcast Network. It is produced and edited by Mike Zerzolo. Did you enjoy this episode enough to dish out a couple bucks? Support City of Smag by pledging any dollar amount over on patreon.com slash City to join our loyal legion of backers who keep this show going strong. If you're on your phone right now, you can also open up the Venmo app and hit us with a one-time donation to at City We've also got merch over on City Any way you can show your support goes a long way. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running. Legs are feeling good. See you next time.